Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team, the podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. And today I have a special guest. I have Corey Silver from Remax Hallmark, which is where I work. And Corey is a manager at a couple of the offices there. Hi, Corey. Hello. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so glad that you could join us. Unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, you're here. Unfortunately, Leslie is not because she's still away on a lovely holiday, very extended holiday. And although we miss her, she will be back next week. And we are glad that you're here to take her place. I'll do the best I can. Okay, good. She's, I know, big shoes to fill. Um, yeah, I thought it would be great actually to get Corey's perspective today because, because you manage a couple of different offices and you can kind of see a broader perspective of the market than we do in a certain way. I mean, we're pretty, you know, uh, focused in right on the markets that we serve and that we work, Leslie and I. Um, so kind of wanted to get your take on that. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about how you feel the new rules that RICO has implemented have changed the game, if at all, if you've seen any difference there. Um, and maybe just kind of get like a general lay of the land from, you know, the management's perspective of one of the largest brokerages in the city. If we are not the largest, we are one of, that's for sure. So we usually start this podcast, Corey, by talking a little bit about what's been going on in the market from what we've seen. Um, And so I thought we might just kind of start with that. It's been really, I think, an interesting couple of weeks. I think Leslie will notice a big difference when she's back because things have really heated up. And as we've been talking about here in the podcast for the last few weeks, they things seems to start in the east and kind of work its way to the west. And now I'm seeing, you know, things in the city, you know, picking up a lot more. The condo market seems busier. We had a listing that was sitting around like literally forever, a condo downtown that all of a sudden this week has had two offers. Um, you know, so there's that kind of stuff that's been going on. And I think that largely it's because buyers are just kind of coming out of the woodwork and tired of waiting it out. What's your perspective on what's happening right now? Well, you just uh, took the the thought right out of my mouth there. Uh, they were tired. They're tired of waiting around. They've been mm-hmm. on the sideline for quite some time. And you're right. My perspective comes from managing a couple hundred agents and, you know, running some office meetings and talking to mortgage brokers. And they're all saying the same thing. You know, the, the phone's starting to ring. Yeah. People are, uh, like you said, they've been sitting around a little too long and they're ready to get back out there. And, yeah. and a huge, huge group of them are not waiting till the rates fall. They're, try- they're, they're right. trying to get ahead of that because they feel that when the rates do slowly start to come down, then it's just going to be uh, another free for all like we've seen in the past. So I'd say a lot yeah. of optimism. Uh, as you mentioned, some multiple offers and lots of showings. The, the properties that didn't sell November, December, 
and the new year have sold in some cases in yeah. multiples. Um, there's a new set of buyers out there and, and they're eager and they're optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of similar to what I've been thinking as well. Uh, we've talked about this a lot here and I'd love to get your perspective, but I think, you know, there's a, a general consensus out there that rates will probably fall this year. And as a result of that, we will have a crazy heated market, like you just said. And, you know, it's, it's, I think every buyer's smart decision right now would be to jump in the market before that happens. Um, and I find it hard mm -hmm. to try to convince people to do that because I think there's still a little bit of skepticism out there with some buyers that I'm speaking to who think that's not going to happen. And I think, you know, as the months and the weeks are going on here, the proof is in the pudding a little bit. We can kind of just see where, where it's trending. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I remember even saying back in November, December, I said that I think buyers, some buyers are going to regret not buying now because there was some good oh, yeah. opportunity. Now yeah. they're finding themselves, you know, that the pool of buyers is a lot bigger right now than it was then. Um, yeah. I mean, you're probably going to be paying a little bit more. Um, you mentioned multiple offers. One interesting property that I was tracking was a teardown in Leaside. Mm. Uh, needed, it had to go, you know, since 1972. Um, and the builder, I spoke to the agent, he had 18 offers. Most of them were builders. So the yeah. builders are getting off the fence too now, which is very interesting because, yeah. you know, they can only very. stay away for so long. They got to get to work. So yeah. there, there's, yeah, there's things that exactly. are happening and some people are, are jumping the gun, like doing it now before those rates fall because the earliest estimate is rates will slowly go down starting in June. Yeah. They're tired of waiting. They don't want to wait till June. Well, I think yeah. if you are doing it now, you're smart. If you're waiting till June, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I think you have to be yeah, well, really thinking about... Listen, obviously, obviously the realtors are saying, hey, get out there now. But um, th there's more to it. It's just uh, properties are slowly trickling out too. And you know the inventory is... is well, it's always low in Toronto, but, it, but it's coming out slowly but surely. And there's just... Th there's this motivation in the buyers we haven't seen in a long time. And I yeah. think a lot of people are just worried about what they're going to do if they wait too long. And my advice to the realtors now is that, you know, don't book a summer vacation. We might be working yeah. <laughs> through the summer. We had a nice one, nice vacation last summer. I don't think you're going to get it this summer. Not if you want to yeah. work. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's a great point and something to think about for sure. I think it's really hard for new realtors in particular, and you would know this more than I would, but, um, you know, not being sure how to push their buyers into maybe, you know, thinking about this sooner than later, because I think it's important that everybody hears this message. But I know for, for some new realtors that I talk to, you know, on a regular, on the regular yeah. basis, they just don't know really how to navigate that. But, uh, and we do have a lot of, of realtors that listen to this podcast. So for them, I would say, you know, try to make sure you're always keeping people your buyers informed and your sellers informed of what's happening and make sure they understand that this is a pretty universal thought that, you know, prices will go up dramatically once rates go down. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you're right. It, it is tougher for, for a lot of the new agents because, you know, you have to have a lot of patience. The buyers have to come to their own conclusions. We can sit here until we're blue in the face and tell them, hey, now is a great time. Um, but you know, they, they have to come to their own conclusions, you know, going through the process, seeing a number of properties and all that stuff and tracking the market. And he's been around long enough 
as well. You know that it's week by week. Right? It, it is. varies week by week. And yeah. you're right. You have to keep your body, you know, in the market, on the pulse of the market, because, you know, one week does this, one week does that. It, it's sort of all over the place. Toronto's a, f- a funny, you know, it's, it's tough to guesstimate what happens in Toronto a lot of times because the, there's so many moving parts, so many variables. But uh, it really is, you know, one week, one house gets, you know, 18 offers. A comparable house comes out the next week, gets one or two. And then the yeah. following week, like it's, it's, it's all up and down. So it depends on who's in the market at, at any given moment. Yeah, that is very true. It is such a strange market from that perspective. Now, what about sellers? What, you know, what are you kind of encouraging our agents to tell sellers? When should they be launching their listing? Well, my old adage is, you know, when is the best, when people say, when is the best time to sell? I say, whenever you're ready, right? Yeah. It's very hard to, to time the market. And again, especially here in Toronto, again, it really is. I've don't want to sound like a broken record for those of you who, that remember what records are. Um, but it's <laughs> it's when you're ready. It's when you're ready. To, we, we go along, like, you know, we chug along when the market's, you know, going full steam ahead. Anytime's a good time to sell. A lot of people are talking about the, the word on the street right now is everyone's waiting until after the March break or until April. And obviously the concern is, you know, everyone's going to do that at the same time. Obviously, if you come out right now, there's very little competition. So it's very yeah. hard to time. I even think that if we do get a surplus of listings in, say, April, May, there's still enough buyers to go around to, to cover those listings. I think our, uh, you know, our inventory numbers are still pretty low and, and will remain that way. So we shall yeah. see. Yeah, I think um, I would agree 100% with what you said. Uh, but one of the things Leslie and I always say, too, is do it when everyone else is not doing it. So I think that now yeah. is a great time. I think, um, yeah. you know, you don't necessarily want to wait until everybody's listing unless you have a really exceptional product or something that's a great price. Um, otherwise, you know, you could get lost in the shuffle and that's always a bit of a danger because we see sometimes um, multiple offer fatigue, you know, setting in by... April, May, when people are just tired of the competition. So you don't want to be that person. So I would say just, you know, really keep a close eye on what's going on so that, you know, you don't end up in lost in the shuffle of, of crazy amounts of listings. But I do agree that there will be probably enough buyers to cover that hands down. And I think that as the months roll on, we're just going to see more and more people entering the market for sure. Absolutely. And I just think that you know, it's, you want to get to the market, you know, when, like you said, when there's very little competition, but not, you know, you don't want to rush to the market just to get out there for, for that purpose. You know, you, you got to take the time, you got to, you know, get your property set up correctly, you know, do all, all the work that needs to be done because first impressions do matter. So you got to take your time in that sense. But uh, that being said, you know, some of our slowest months historically, you know, January and August, right? People like to take off August, including the realtors. Yeah. I've seen some of the highest prices I've ever seen in those months when things are yeah. in theory a little slower and not as much of a buyer pull. So it's all time. Yeah. It really is. It's just it uh, is, and, and what you have you ne- to you offer. You never lose out there that week that that you're on the market. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you're, that's like right. you said, the good houses sell no matter what. Doesn't yeah. matter. So yeah. Yeah, uh, but the bad ones are a little trickier. And so I've always said too, I think, you know, if people listen to this, they'll, they'll hear this more than once, uh, this podcast, but 
if you know you have a main street house for example like i do something that um isn't mm-hmm. as desirable when the market is flooded you know be a lot more careful about when you are putting it to market because houses like that tend to sell a little bit better when things are really hot but there's maybe not as much inventory for the same price so lots yeah, to think no, about no doubt. Like in a slow market, you're uh, sorry. In, in, in a hot market, everything sells. You're absolutely right. So yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's the key. You know? And, and there, there's five factors that I always uh, look at when I'm looking at the buyers just real quickly. So location is obviously big. You can't change that for better or for worse. Yeah. Pricing is everything, right? Being overpriced is probably, as you know, the, the worst experience in real estate, both for the sellers and the agents. Um, <laughs> accessibility, allowing people to get into the properties. You know, when they want to get in, in a moment's notice, if need be, you know, the condition of the home. And then, of course, the exposure, right? Those, if, you have, yeah. if all those factors are lined up just right, you're going to have the perfect storm. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and lucky for us in the city, it's generally the perfect storm most of the time. So we're, we're pretty good here, I think, you know. We do a much better job than, because I do yes, work in other yeah. regions, yeah. We do much better job here of, uh, you know, staging properties and making them look their best and, and really making things perfect for the buyer, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And listen, as a realtor, there's really not many better places in the world to work than, than where we are, right? Yeah. Yes. True enough. If, as long as you're selling, <laughs> if you're not, it's a tricky, it's, it's yeah, tricky. Fair game. Enough, yeah. If you're busy, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Right. true. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Actually, I, we just talked about this briefly, but I'll just mention this because I thought it was interesting, but, um, the woman her name is also Leslie. She does my social media. She lives in, she's from Texas actually right now. She's living in, um, Seattle, but she manages the social media accounts for a number of different realtors. And she said, uh, Toronto is the hardest market for social media because there are so many realtors, there's so much competition here. And she said, I can't understand why some things do well and other things don't do well. I mean, we take this podcast, for example, you know, some episodes are really successful. Some aren't as successful. Um, so who knows, right? It's a, it's a bit of a mystery. So uh, I think it's a challenging market for her to work in. So I would say the same thing kind of for us real estate yeah. agents. <laughs> we have a little tougher than some, but also good. That, 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 that very perfectly me- mirrors the Toronto market, doesn't it? That it really does. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. So I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about social media, um, not social media, sorry, I don't know where I came that from, uh, multiple offers. And the fact that, you know, some of these new rules that were implemented by Rico and everybody kind of is hearing about, you know, what these open offers are going to be like. And do we think anyone is actually going to be, um, using that strategy and I'll just, just as a quick, you know, description for those of you who aren't familiar, um, we now have the opportunity as realtors on behalf of our sellers to disclose the offer amounts and details. Whereas before this was prohibited, now we have the opportunity, let's say we have four different offers come in, we are allowed and you know, the seller makes this decision, but we are allowed to go to everybody to say, oh, these are our four offers. This is the contents. These, this is the price. This is what they're comprised of. And, um, 
I haven't seen this happen yet. Have you? No. You know what? It's funny you say that because I have some opinions and a lot of people have opinions on this. Uh, I'm all for transparency and openness and everything like that. It's just so ingrained in what we do. We've been doing for the last 20 years with these yeah. closed bids. It's going to be very hard to go any other way. And I've not really heard. I've, I pull the agents all the time if they're seeing this and uh, they're really not. It's just not happening no. yet. How it's going to shake out in the future, we don't know. But at the moment, it doesn't seem to be uh, the flavor of choice, as it were. And uh, the sellers kind of like the way the system is now. So yeah. ultimately, you're right. It's their discretion and what they want to do. So as of now, kind of nothing to report, to be honest. Yeah, I can't, to be honest with you, really figure out what would the benefit to the seller would be unless... It, it, it's hard. Like I'm thinking like, let's say you have four, let's say you have four offers. Uh, you know, they range from, you know, 900 to a million. Um, and you then go and disclose mm -hmm. the amounts to everybody. You know, is it likely that that 900,000 person is going to come up all of a sudden, you know, up their price to a million? I don't know. Um, you know, is it better for the seller to kind of sit back and hold their, cards close to their chest. I mean, I think it's, it's an interesting dilemma. I mean, I can't, I, I just can't really quite figure it, out who it benefits other than the buyers, I obviously, but yeah, ultimately. Right. And, um, I think, you know, maybe if you're in a scenario where it's truly neck and neck and you just can't make a decision, um, you know, you can open up. I think a lot of realtors are just afraid that they're going to break the rules or do something wrong. That's a yeah. big thing about this. Like, who do I have to tell? How many people can I tell? What are the rules? They're not sure in the moment. So it just sort of defaults back to this. Hey, why don't you guys go back and come back with your best offer and we'll go from there. And then ultimately the seller just has to make a decision, right? Yeah. So, yeah. One of the yeah. things I think is well, interesting. interesting. You know, I, I track all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we just have a bit of a delay. No, everybody, so see how, uh, how this shakes out and uh, something we're going to be definitely tracking and monitoring, you know, but overall in the early going, it's it's not uh, something that people are, are using. Yeah, it's a non-starter. One of the things I thought would be kind of interesting, I've always, you know, not advocated for, that's not the right word, but uh, thought would be a great process is, is a, a fully open bidding that would be similar to like an auction style. So like as a seller, you have the opportunity mm -hmm. to do it this way, or you have your opportunity to have an open auction. And that would be kind of a really cool thing to do. And I don't see, I don't see the downside in that per se. Um, you know, people show up with their mm -hmm. deposit checks. I don't no. know how it would work, but. Well, you know, the one, the model we always look to is Australia because Australia is famous for this. They do the okay. open auction thing and, and they have what they talk, uh, what they call aux auction fever, where people oh. actually do bid more in that moment with all those people with their paddles and with their checks and, you know, throwing out a number that you kind of, I guess you can't take back. I don't even know exactly how it works either, but uh, it creates a frenzy. If you ever watched any kind of live, live auction, it does. It, it sort of gets everybody going. So um, we'll see. That's, that, that's an option. Time will tell. Yeah, I love that. I think that would be kind of a cool thing to do, but whether or not, I don't know, whether or not that will ever happen. But, you know, we're yeah, so, I'm, I think, um, we're so I, strict. Like with I the said, rules I, here, I, I'm sure. all for trans. We are. And, and I think, again, to reiterate that, I think that's the biggest problem. We're just not really sure what the rules are around this. And no one wants to make a mistake and, you know, cause any harm to anybody. So they're just going with what they know. Right. And that's yeah. just the way it's been for, for decades now. So, um, but times yeah. are always changing. I'm all for transparency. I have no issue with that portion of it at all. But uh, ultimately, yeah. 
It's seller's discretion is what it boils down to. They can decide at any moment to go open or to stay closed, um, depending on, I mean, there's a lot of variables there that we don't have to get into, but uh, ultimately the seller's going to do what's best for them. Yeah, whether for it's sure, open as or they closed. should, as they should. Um, here's something interesting yeah. that I wanted to get your take on. Um, in the U.S., there have been a number, and you probably know this, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but there are a number of MLS systems that are fighting to have the buyer pay commission to the buyer's representative mm-hmm. as opposed to seller paying for both. There have been a couple of lawsuits launched where the um, the buyer, the sellers don't think it's yep. fair yep. that they had to pay for, yeah, for both uh, seller and buyer agent commission. So my thinking is that that will probably spread over time through, you know, much of um, the U.S. I don't know about Canada because we are, we do tend to be a little bit stuck in the way we do things here for sure. I just wondered what your perspective was on that. If you've got any, you know, thoughts on that or had any knowledge, yeah, more knowledge to that than I do. We've been having these conversations. Oh yeah, no, they, there has been some very, this is very topical by the way. Yeah. So this is, if you said this is just happening, there's even some talk of some uh, class, class action suits where people are, you know, saying, Hey, you know, you should, you didn't necessarily have to pay the other side and, and you never did. Let's just put that out there. Right. There's no price fixing. You don't have to offer the other side two and a half. One. You don't have to offer them much of anything, to be honest. You know, you have the right to sell your property yourself on our MLS system. You have all these options available to you. Um, but overall, you know, these mere postings, as we call them, where I can just put my property, you know, as a consumer online and take in the offers. By and large, the Canadians are not choosing that. We don't. Yeah. We, we do follow the states in certain degrees, but like I'll, I'll use, for example, Zillow. You know, people were really worried about Zillow coming here years ago. Uh, realtors were anyways. Um, and it kind of never really took hold. It just didn't. We yeah. kind of have our own. We're kind of set in our ways, I guess I'm saying. It's that we've yeah. been doing it so long for so many ways. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, that being said, things are always changing. And, uh, you know, we're open to, you know, mixing things up. But uh, will that, you know, come eventually? Maybe. But is that a bad thing? Um, not necessarily. Right. We're just used to the sellers paying out both sides. Why not, uh, if we can truly show our value and have our buyers, you know, pay our commission? I, I don't know. It, it might come here. It might, it might. Absolutely. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I think that will be a totally different game for real estate agents, for sure. I can't see, um, I can't see many buyers actually paying that kind of commission. I think it, it, it would have to be a completely different model than we see now. Um, it it would be interesting. I think uh, competition among it would be an amongst real estate for sure. And yeah, uh, you'd, ha- you'd, you'd have to be really good at what you do, right? Yeah. To, in order to, yeah. to earn that, right? It, it's been so easy for so long that uh, you know you run around with a buyer, you can get X amount through the other side. You've never really had to never really had to fight for your commission here, right? Um, yeah. And there might come a time where we do, but uh, I just say you got to you got to you know sharpen the tools and you'll be okay. But yeah, uh, you know, change is slow here, as we know. So, yes. you know, over time and, yeah. and, and it may not take it all. Maybe people are just very happy with the system as it is. It makes sense. And when I buy, I don't pay a commission. I mean, obviously you do pay a commission. Um, it's being advertised anyways, but into your, your mortgage. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> Say hi. We're, th- oh. we're thinking of adopting her. She's just doing a little site visit today. Oh. oh, no. Okay. I'll see you shortly. Like there you go. A little foster? <laughs> 
Yeah, Fo- yeah our friend is fostering. So, uh, so uh, you know, it's sort of like if we like her and everything, you know, we can put in our application. But anyways. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my fingers are crossed. Do you have another another dog? We do upstairs right now because she's a yap, yappy one. So I've got her just sort of in the room. But uh, we're trying to see yeah. if they can get along. So Which they will. Oh, they will. nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, my gosh. I hope that works out. <laughs> So yes, we got cut off there and you got your cat. Yes, we got cut off there. So my problem is, I don't know if it actually saved. Okay. I think it recorded. Okay. Yeah. I guess they can mash it all together, right? Yeah. Yeah. They can put it all together. Um, Okay. So what were we talking about last? I can't remember. (laughs) It was about. Anymore. I know. It was about the oh the buyer commissions. Oh, which I think the we buyer. Kinda... I think we kind of covered. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to remember the last. How thing long you, are you guys episodes usually? Usually like twenty, it, like twenty to thirty minutes. So we'll probably just wrap it up. And for those of you who just listen, we are now also recording, so that will be on our YouTube page. There's a separate. Um, tab there for just podcasts where we are uploading all of our podcasts too. If you'd rather watch than listen. So again, thanks very much. And we wish you happy real estate. Take care, everyone. We hope you've enjoyed the Toronto real estate show with the Janelle Cameron team, but more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful. So let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from Remax Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com. That's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com. Or dial 416-486-5588. Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.